okay, Mitch? I'm good. <laughs> I swear to God, we're not this mess. I'm not this messy usually when I'm behind this board. I swear to God. And our ADJ. Hello. Uh, so, to if you missed the first half of our show, we talk about things and nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. Mm. Um, and now we're on the second half of our show, which is our special topic, which is normally picked by Major I. Sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes not us. Sometimes not us. Sometimes it's just like we walk in here and we go, I don't know what we're talking about. And we, and just, we make it up. We make it up as we go. But today, I actually put something planned. I actually made a Google Doc for we this. Fine. Is, it's been, like, two years since we made a Google Doc. No, we've made a Google Doc for Oh, you're month. right. Yeah. It's, but we don't do, we used to do Google Docs for every show. It was, like, very organized. And then we stopped. We stopped being organized. Not that I don't care. It's just I'm too well, tired. Well, well, yeah. Um, so, we are covering, uh, not one, but two pieces of media um, today we're covering covering the anime Revolutionary Girl Utena. Specifically the anime, because we Not haven't the read the manga or the movie. And I've seen the movie, you haven't. I haven't watched the movie. Um, movies, a lot. And um, the manga I heard is kind of very different. From yes, it's very anime. different. It is not as queer-coded. Yeah. And we are covering the manga... Uh, Good Night Pum Pum, Pum which or, I just... We both just finished. Or Osayami Pum Pum. If you're annoying. <laughs> oh, yes, to me, yeah. Um, so... First of all, what is Revolutionary Girl Utena? I don't know. Uh, this show is a very... It's a lot. Metaphorical, was, allegorical yeah. show. So I can give you my basic interpretation so, of this. Would you like it's to? going to be a little messy. It's a little all over the place because Utena is a little over the place. And there's it's a lot of it is up for interpretation for sure. on what is happening. So here's my best interpretation you know, take my thing with a grain of salt. So one, time loop. Yeah. I wish I had like a whiteboard. Oh to yeah. Smack a time loop. Yeah. Did I hit something? No, you didn't. Okay. We're good. I, I thought I hit something. <laughs> okay. Time loop, which explains the Black Rose arc, um, and the fact that both Anthony and Iko are. Did I write Iko? You said Anthony. As, no, did it's Akio. Akio and Anthony. Anthony, both uh, Anthony and Akio. Are jaded. Yes. Uh, sorry. I have to. I can't you have read. To read. Um. This also explains why Anthony tries to kill herself in order to do a soft reboot. Yeah. Like in the movie, uh, Authority Academy is in a time loop, and why Anthony is kind of like one of the only people who can break it, uh, like the soft re- reboot in uh, Utena Adolescence, which is the movie. Um, Dios and uh, Akio. I'm gonna say. Like Akio, like because uh, just way Akio. Akio are the same person. Akio is really just a cruel shell of Dios. Um, Akio sucks. Akio abuses Anthony. Uh, Anthony, <sighs> I'm so tired. Anthony, Anthony for her magic because um, the magic he once had is now sealed within her because she um, and because she has no other choice to like kind of stay with him and deal with the abuse yeah. and love him because she has no one else. Um, sorry. Akio and Anthony are gods. Gotta write. And they were royalty, question mark? Question I think so. Mark? I think so. I think so, because Utena very clearly says that Akio, when she, she met him, was a prince. Yeah, because he was Dios. But also that is the idea of maybe a princely figure to her. I don't know, man. This this series is a lot. Because they also call Anthony a princess, but then she turned they into also a witch. witch. Um... Anthony is a witch with magic 
because she was once a princess who wanted to save her dying brother, Dios. And then I, I said, I'm kind of feral over the idea that Anthe had to give up, must should have must have given up her godly powers to go and search for Uten at the end of the show, because that's like a sacrifice and a half. Um, it's like, dang. All the duels. Oh, yeah, all the duels. Because, so... The whole bit about a revolutionary girl, Otana, is that Anthe is a rose bride who has the power to revolutionize the world, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and so Utena is now tasked with protecting Anthe so no one else can use Anthe for bad things and abuse her. But you know, a- Anthe gets abused a lot by a lot of the other characters. Which is all the student, student council. Because, like, every good anime, the student council is basically, like, the government. Yeah, the government of the school. <laughs> um, and they have all the power, and a lot of them abuse Anthe. I don't know too much about Jerry. Jerry, yeah, uh, me either. I remember like I don't think she does. Definitely that. like uh like Toga and yeah. S- and Sionji. Sionji like for sure beat her. Sionji, it really what's the wa- little blue hair kid's name again? Ruka. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think that's Ru- yeah, it's Ruka. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't do too much. He's the, ki- he's the like fencing kid. I'm really yeah, and up. he has a sister. Yes, and they're also kind of a little they're incestuous. A little weird about it. But also, that's, like, a theme. But, it, like, I have to say, Utena is not, like, one of those, like, animes that, like... The only way I could say is, like, sexualizes it in, like, no. a positive light. Uh, no. Incest. It's always, like, ew, bad, and Gross, icky yes, like it yes, should yes. be. Um, I'm literally pulling up the um, the character list. The character so, list. Yeah, there's Toga, who's student council president. There's uh, Seonji, who's vice president. Jury is on the fancy team and she hides her secret love for a childhood friend Shiori. Um Miki Miki, that's the No, that's uh and then there's Ruka. I thought Ruka was the blue haired kid. No, it's Miki. Who's Ruka? And then there's um uh Nanami. Nanami. Nanami who is um Toga's Toga's sister, sister. Which also is a little question mark incesty but I don't know. Yeah, and then she has like this one-sided love for him. I don't know. And she's super jealous of her auntie. Yeah. Um. So, revolutionizing the world has several meanings and interpretations. For sure. At least I have. There's so here's my main two re- interpretations that I've gotten from this. I'm watching videos. Revolutionizing the world, meaning not quite a like liberating revolution, but a revolution as in a turn. Yeah. As in a cycle. I said time loop before. I think uh, Authority Academy seems to be mm-hmm. in a time loop. That's why like none of them really age. They're all in high school still. Yeah, it's um, weird. Authority's a weird place. Authority's a weird place. Um, so I think there are cycles, as seen with the Black Rose arc, that there were at least a hundred duelists who died in like a fire yeah, question let me mark. Double check that real quick. I honestly don't remember that arc. The Black Rose arc was really weird, and there's like, so Utena was a low budget '90s anime, so a lot of their stuff is very heavily focused on small visual stuff within the backgrounds. Uh-huh. That once again is very metaphorical and allegorical to different things that I don't understand. I really need to do a second watch of this show. It's also been a hot second since I've watched. Oh yeah, the um. The weird twins you're thinking about are, like, a pair from the uh, Black, Black Rose, Rose arc. arc. They're not student council president kids. Okay. Um, so the Black Rose arc, it was basically goat, question mark, ghosts. Yeah. Um, who came back and are also dueling Utena for Anthe for the power of the Rose Bride. So the whole bit is that this one guy named, um, what was his name? Hold on. 
His name is Mikage. Mikage was like uh, Soji Mikage. He wants to replace Anthony as the Rose Bride to save his friend, um, save his friend Mamiya Chida. And then at the end, it's implied that like, oh no, it's not even it's implied that Mamiya is somehow Anthony, and the real Mamiya has been long dead, and so has Mikage. They are ghosts. There, so time loop. Time loop. Ghosts. Um. And uh, so, Anthea has the power to revolutionize the world, which means she's can, like she's she can, be, probably her and Akio are the only ones who can reset the loop. Yeah, well, it's kind of seen at the end of the anime because so Akio loses, but he doesn't seem to care that he loses. Yeah, to, hold on, to hold on. um, Utena, yeah. and we see him at the end. He's sending out more. He's, he's sending prepa- out more of the rings. He, he's preparing to restart the duels. Yeah, which. Question: Because I don't mm-hmm. think they said really What is the Rose Bride? I believe the Rose Bride is just Anthe. It's and just like Anth- her magic. I believe so. I'm not sure. Let me double check Anthe. Because I like- looked. I tried to Google what is the Rose Bride. So it doesn't Anthe's give me much. <laughs> said, let's see. I uh, yeah I, I've tried to look it up and okay. There- so uh, Anthe in a way has been revolutionized by you. At the end, okay. it's no longer controlled by Akio, nor is she longer. The Rose Bride, which essentially means it just shows... Well, here's my old, I, here's my other interpretation of that. So, it's it's a time loop, whatever, and the only ones who kind of know about the time loop is Anthe and Akia, because they're gods. Or at least demi- Something like demigods. That. We don't know. Um, so, Akia's about to set, reset the loop, because he's sending out more of the, um, the, the Duelist Rings, and then revolutionizing also is kind of like... I think there's this revolution within um, childhood. There's this. One of the themes in Revolution Girl Jenna is the theme of adolescence and going into adulthood. And I believe breaking the world's egg is not only kind of breaking the time loop or breaking or breaking whatever loop that Anthony herself is stuck in. Revolutionizing her. Anthony. Anthony. Anthony is kind of the um, more the protagonist than Utena. Utena is. The story really is about Anthony, not Utena. For sure. Um, uh, Utena's like sort of a, a thing where she's like, yeah, I'm. Gonna she's like- kind of the driver of yes. the plot, but which is the car in adolescence. The Utena car. Utena if car, because Utena it becomes a car in the movie. That was so weird, man. I watched that. It was like I was like, what is happening? But I think that's also a metaphor for the fact that she's like the driver of like and everything that yeah. Anthony does, because not only does she finish the loop, but it's revolutionizing the the cycle of abuse she gets out of the abuse you know um in the coffin which i actually have notes on this um oh yes so revolution antenna means both a change in and a rotation rotation being the start of another loop which of course relates to uh anthe's ability to revolutionize the world as the rose bride we start with her death which you wrote yeah um has themes of yeah abuse and whatever um and whatever but also the change from adulthood to childhood the coffins and breaking of the world's egg symbolizes being able to break into adulthood in your own way, Akio forced all of them, including the student council, um, to be in the duels as a means of control on multiple layers. Akio is an allegory for higher institutions and control, such as schooling and the government, and freeing yourself from, abu- from abuse. Utena in the coffin at the end, but Anthe is the one to reach out to Utena. Because in the whole ending scene, when uh, right. with the coffin where Anthe is, I think it's symbolizing for, for, for 
who truly Anthea is because Anthea is getting pierced by all like the swords that represent all the world's hatred. Yeah, which I don't understand. I'm still like kind of confused on that metaphor on, and why Anthea, but maybe I'm just supposed because to take that. I think it's because she's like one of the people who orchestrated this world. I, I guess I just it's have like, to kind of take that more of as a face value kind of thing, and so. But when the coffin, um, when An- when Utena opens the coffin, which I think is supposed to represent like kind of Anthe's outer shell, and so inside is Ant- who Anthe really is. Utena takes, she puts out her hand and she goes, "Take it," but she doesn't go grab Anthe. Anthe is the one who, to reach out and grab Utena's hand. Right. So I think you know it pushes. It, she's the driver for Anthe to kind of get out of the cycle of abuse that she has with Akio. Um, I'm really unsure on why Akio wants to make Utena his child bride. Maybe he's just weird, and there's or there's so a deeper reason to it. I came up with the idea. Maybe it's something like the because we mentioned the status quo thing before. Utena is in like the princess uh, garb when she meets Akio, mm-hmm. and so because she, but she turns into a prince. Mm-hmm. Akio is trying to reset that status quo of like damsel princess Utena, and since he's a prince, so to speak, he's trying to make her into a princess again. Yeah, I could I could see that because definitely there are like certain roles that each character plays. Like Anthe is simultaneously a princess character, but she's also a witch. A witch character. And Akio yeah. is someone who I would say breaks that status quo because he's simultaneously supposed to be the prince character. He's also like an evil god character. Because in the manga, Akio and Dios are two gods. Yeah. And Dios dies, and I think I think that's what it was saying, right? But I think it's implied in the show that Akio and Dios are the same person. Yes. And, and, and Dios he's supposed to be... He was a prince named Dios in his previous life. Yeah, and Dios died because Anthony couldn't save him. And now Akio is just the shell of whatever Dios is, but obviously Dios, uh, Akio is much more crueler than Dios because in that flashback kind of thing, recap episode, whatever it was, um, there gen- there seemed to be like a genuine like sibling love, but now Akio is super abusive. Yeah. So Akio goes to restart the timeline at the end, and he's sending out the dual strings. Anthony leaves and breaks that rev- breaks that revolution. But I'm not gonna get too much into adolescence. Because I haven't watched it, so I've only kind of seen... It seems that there's another loop, and the only way it seems to break is Anthe and Utena have to leave together to break the loop. Yeah, because she comes back... I'm just I'm just looking at it, because it's been a while since I watched it. It's been like, I, since COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the whole bit is that they... They're like... The whole thing is that Anthe's kind of been, like, um, in control this entire time a little. Because she's yeah. been, like, puppeting Akio, who is actually dead. Because um, he did some funny things, and it was not good. I can't say the words on the wor- on the radio. Um, so, essentially, yeah. So, in this one, Toga's the prince, not Akio. Um, they but died. Toga's also dead. Yeah, Toga died saving uh, Jerry when they were kids. Um, Once again, and time then, loop, so ghosts. Utena finds Anthe, tells her they should go to the outside world, in which Utena is followed by a car wash and metamorphosed into a car. Anthony enters the car, drives it away from the galaxy, through a fleet of tanks, and also Shiori in car form, attempt to thwart her. Uh, Juri, Miki, Sayonji, and Wakaba uh, all insist, uh, assist. Uh, and an apparition of Akio uh, tries to stop them too, but they make it out and 
get into this like gray wasteland essentially yeah like i i think a lot of the metaphors in it is a lot about kind of growing into adulthood yeah because akio everything everything is planned by akio akio like everything is just kind of smoke and mirrors from the duelist arena um to obviously the rings the the duels themselves and the his puppeteering of the student council is all I believe a metaphor for um, just higher institutions trying to control children or forcing children into molds of because obviously Akio wants certain char- uh, people to play certain roles such as Anthony being the princess character um, and Otena also being the princess character Anthony being the witch character like uh, people like Toga being the prince or whatever or and Akio himself being the prince as well um, so there's definitely certain roles that Akio wants them to play, but I think Utena teaching Anthe to leave that cycle of abuse and but also breaking into her own mold. It's I I, I feel like I'm gonna ramble too much because it's so complex the yeah. plot is. I like every video I've watched, no one really knows what the show's about. No. It's really up into your own interpretation. My own uh, my own interpretation is the breaking of the world's egg is breaking into adulthood and breaking into adult into adulthood as your own self and not being forced into a mold that is forced upon you by adults or society or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It's been two years. I don't remember anything about the show. I'm I don't. I best. don't. I don't remember much. Like I said, I do want to yeah. give this a rewatch. Um, it definitely deserves, like, a second watching now that I kind of understand. Like, I have uh, the basis of what the plot is and what happens. I can now go back and rewatch the visuals because I didn't understand the shadow play. Right, the shadow... They're a great chorus, essentially. But also, the, 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 the shadow plays itself is also a metaphor for this whole thing being an act set up by Akio. Yeah. Because everything is a stage. Especially since, like, really... Akio, they uh, like they had the radio show. Akio calls into that. Um, they appear in person to invite uh, Utena to one of their plays. Like it's, I don't know, it, it's a lot. It's, but I, I think it's supposed to be simultaneously fi- foreshadowing and metaphorical for how everything Akio is setting up as a stage <laughs> is from, like I said, from the dual arena being nothing but really smoke and mirrors. Um, there is actually a thing towards the end of the show where you see there is a play that was put on called The Rose Bride or something. Yeah, that's the, that's the play that they were in fighting uh, uh, <laughs> Miss, Miss uh, Utena to. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything is definitely just a setup by Akio because Akio is this god and yeah. whatever the authority realm is that's of weird. time loops. That's so weird, dude. It's weird. But that's my kind of thing on it, but now we're pun, gonna pun. we're gonna go into Goodnight Pun Pun and I'm, we're also gonna connect it to, like, Utena. Which is, uh, to be clear, these are two, like, completely different genres. genres. Um, Utena I- is described as a magical girl. Yes. And then genre. looking at looking at the Wikipedia for uh, Pun Pun, it's coming of age drama slice of life, which I think best uh, puts it. Not the, uh, what was it, Utsu manga that yeah. a lot of people want to put on it, which essentially means depressing manga. The mangaka uh, I- Inio uh, Asuno doesn't really like that label either. He's not a big putting into a genre fan of box, and I agree. Mm-hmm. It's like a because compa- uh, U- Utena's uh, Utena's a shoujo, and then Pun Pun's a seinen, which essentially 
is aimed at older audiences. Yeah. Slice of life. Yeah. So, uh, good night, pun pun. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, this actually, you wrote the majority of this uh, little documentary, this part. Oh, yes. Yes. So, uh, good night, pun pun is a story about a boy. His name is Pun Pun Onodera, or Pun Pun Panyama in the beginning. Yeah. uh, Before something happens. Um, And he's depicted, him and his family are all all essentially depicted as, like, this weird Bird. bird. He also has other forms. I'll talk about that later. Um, and it's essentially just a story of his life going from when he's, like, a elementary school kid. He's, like, somewhere between 9 and 11. Yeah, somewhere between there, into middle school, high school, early 20s. So, in the beginning of the story, um, he meets this girl named Akio. Uh, Aiko. Aiko. See? You see why I got confused? I was gonna call her Aiko, and now you're calling her Akio. I got confused. I'm literally looking at her name right now. I'm insane. Aiko, who, um moves to his town and is going to his high school now. Um, well, they, they were... They, they in were, high school, sorry. Elementary, elementary school. school. Yeah, uh, and so this whole bit, they really bond and they like, you know, it's that kid thing where you see someone and you're like, that's the person that I'm going to love for the rest of my life. And Pun Pun takes that far too seriously. Um, and so early on, uh, well, first off, there's this whole like fire, I don't know if the fire thing's like important. I don't remember the fire thing. It's like the, they go to, they find this VHS tape of oh, yeah, illicit you know, activities. I know what you're talking about. Um, and the guy on the tape is like, I murdered my family. Come to this warehouse money. and find them and also money. And also, by the time you uh, see this, I will have uh, committed suicide. He didn't actually commit suicide. He yeah. was still alive. Um, but anyway, they go to this, it's this whole bit. But anyway, this is like just this very big moment for them, but really, the whole thing is that she and Pun Pun were supposed to run away to Kagoshima, which is a prefecture, I think, or just a town. Let me double-check that. It is, uh, yes, Kagoshima, probably the city in Kagoshima Prefecture in Japan. Um, and that didn't happen because Pun Pun's mother um, was in the hospital, so Pun Pun had to go see her in the hospital. So they didn't run away. They didn't run away, and so the whole thing is that Aiko was like, if you betray me, I'm, I'm gonna, allowed to kill you. <laughs> you betray me again, I'm gonna allow to kill you. Yeah. And so then they kind of grow apart. And I, also this whole time, Pun Pun's like talking to God, quotation marks. It's not really God. It's more likely his like his consciousness, you know what I mean? Yeah, but so they kind of grow apart in high school. Aiko moves away. Yes. At some point. And then... Um, she comes back again. She comes back again. All while a bunch of different stuff is happening. His parents are divorced. His uncle, we get this, like, whole bit of his uncle, like... I think Yuichi is one of the best characters in this manga. uh, Yuichi, who is accepted as a father figure, essentially, and he's, like, kind of a freeloader. Not a neat, necessarily, but a freeloader who's kind of, like, living off of first his parents and then um, his sister. Yeah. Um, And he meets this woman named Midori, and Midori is... Midori. Mm-hmm. Midori is a good person, and then she does something to Pun Pun, and I'm not going to say it on radio. Um, can't say it. On, if you can't say it on radio. It's not good. Um, but sh- they still get married. They eventually have a kid at the end. It's a whole thing. Um, and, oh God. So the whole thing about Pun Pun is that, like it, like Gutenna, it deals with the concept of cycles and loops and growing up. Like psych- specifically with Pun Pun, it's like a abuse of life, of love. I decided to say too. Yeah, I, this so, is there's a lot of romantic interest. It in, is intricate. Yeah. 
intricacy. Asano Sensei said that essentially it is a romance manga because yeah. of pun puns and obsession, romance, and Aiko's obsession, romance with each other. And, and then there's Sachi. Sachi. Oh, right. Uh, the whole thing about, like, the bullhorns mm-hmm. is that um, they are meant to, like, the three of them are meant to uh, represent different stars in, like, a triangle. Oh, yes, yes, and yes. And one of them is, like, a cow herder triangle, and that's why he has bullhorns, and the other two are supposed to represent different triangles. It's a whole thing. Also, a manga with a lot of visual metaphors. Oh, visual metaphors for sure. And he's literally like, something's a meaning, something's dumb. Don't. And I respect that as someone who's just like, yeah, I'm typing. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes he just has, he throws in things because he thinks it looks cool. Yeah, so like t- um, the specific, sometimes Pun Pun looks a specific way. It's just like, I like the look of it. Yeah, it was a dec- it was, it's a decor thing. Yes. And someone's like, oh, what does that mean? He's like, it doesn't mean anything. I just Don't like know. the way it looks. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah, the whole obsessed thing, which is like, I kind of compared to like how a lot of characters in uh, Utena are either. Obsessed with Auntie, yeah. or sometimes. Well, I, I think you can, make, you can make the argument that Auntie. Utena becomes obsessed with Auntie yeah. in the beginning, especially because Anthony starts playing this role for Utena and she doesn't really mean it. She starts playing the princess character because that's what Utena wants her to play. Yeah. Um, that's her whole thing. She molds to whatever the current champion wants. So. Punvan's whole story is the tagline, which is a slice of life that slices back. It's an incredible tagline and shows off like a lot of the worst that life can give you, specifically poor Pun Pun, because there's sexual assault, murder, cheating partners, divorce, uh, suicide, abusive relationships between couples, parent and child, and friends. So I had this very bare bones comparison, mm-hmm. which is that uh, Anthe and U- Utena versus Aiko and Pun Pun. Utena's doing everything in her power to keep Anthe safe through the duels to the point of risking her life. Pun Pun, after meeting Aiko again when they're, like, in their early 20s, makes good on his promise to run away with her, saving her from her abusive religious fanatic of a mother, and, by incident, assists in the murder of Aiko's mother, which leads to them going on the run, which means he's essentially putting his life on the line for this girl who he knew from elementary school. Also, the fact that what blew my mind out of yes. you- when she goes, you she's like she started breathing again when you answered the door. Yeah, that blew my mind. I was like, "What do you mean?" I was, I realized though. I'm like, "Why was she more covered in blood when he came back? <gasps> she was more covered in blood." Oh my god! I noticed that. I was like, "That's weird." And she wasn't covered in blood before. So it's true. Mm-hmm. So it's true. He goes when she because she, she says to him, she goes, "When you answered the door, she started breathing again, and I stabbed her to death." Oh my that god! That blew my mind. Yeah, and the whole bit about her mother. The being... last forty chapters. Yeah, the last forty chapters were insane. Um, so what else about Pun Pun? Um, like, it's Pun Pun, like, uh, I don't... You said her, uh, Pun Pun's constant searching for Aiko after she stopped seeking, uh, speaking to him. It's, like, high schoolish. Yeah. And he, so he moves into this apartment... By himself. By himself, after his mother dies of cancer. Yes. Um, he, cause Yuichi and, uh, Midori, Midori are living together. On, yeah. So he, he moves out after his mother dies of cancer... And he goes, he basically makes his promise himself. He goes, if I don't find Aiko in two years, I'm killing myself. Yeah. And he almost makes good on it, and at the very last second, he finds Aiko. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then, like, something I find very fascinating about Pum Pum is that he's a fail guy. Yeah. He's a guy who fails. He fails. That guy fails. He fails. And that's as- it. That's because it's life. Pum I, 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 just your opinion, because I told you this before you read it, because I read yes. it, and I was like, Mitch, you gotta read this manga. It's so good. <laughs> um... I found Pun Pun, and I find it heartbreaking, because 
I think a lot of people can relate to him to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. Is you see this kid who grows up with a lot of abuse and a really dysfunctional home life, and you're rooting for him. You oh, yeah. Him. But by the end, Pun Pun kind of becomes this unsufferable, unlikable character. No, yeah. And it's sad because you hate him, but you, like, it's heartbreaking because you know what he's gone through as a child. Yeah. And, like, all the abuse and both physical, emotional, sexual... The thing about stuff like that is that it has a certain weight on you, but it shouldn't make you into a bad person. Yeah, like... That is the thing Pun Pun just becomes... It can't be an excuse. Because I think one of the most heartbreaking things about this, which we're talking about, is kind of cycles, and I think a big part of at least adolescence, from what I've seen, is kind of memory. Yeah. Because uh, Utena does not remember anything. This is a new loop. She doesn't remember anything. But it seems the only people who, at least, at least the only person who remembers is Andy. She remembers everything that happened in the past loop, and she remembers Utena, and then she wants to leave with her, and they want to escape and go live together and be happy. Um, I think one of the harshest things in Goodnight Pun Pun is Aiko's wish is she does, a, when she was a kid, she said she wanted to be famous as an actor, model, singer, whatever. Yeah. That doesn't really happen, but she says she was, if someone just knew me wholly from, you know, head to toe, if someone just knew me, I could die happy. And someone, and someone would be there to remember me. And she writes on, like, the the wish note. I don't know what exactly it is. Yeah, they do that sort of thing at, like, New Year's and stuff. They put it on a tree. It's, like, a whole, like, I want this to happen at New Year's. It wasn't a New Year's thing, specifically. Yeah, it's a different... It's usually a shrine. Yeah, they do that shrine. And I, I, I don't, I don't like, want to... I don't know what it's called, but basically she puts her wish is for Pun Pun to remember her. And there's this whole thing with memories. And I think the most heartbreaking thing is this... She, this one girl just wanted someone to remember her and Pun Pun forgets her and I that's what makes him like that is one of the things that makes him so unlikable to me is that he spent how many years yearning and wishing for this girl to come back so into his life many. and she they you know they do this awful thing which it was in self defense yes. whatever um but he becomes the site and once again this kind of cycle again which is compared to Utena the cycle of abuse which was broken in Utena but per- is perpetuated in Pun Pun yeah because he starts abusing Aiko yeah he curses at her he hits her which I thought I thought a brilliant uh, visual motif was when he knocks her tooth out right is similar to her gap tooth when she was a child visually similar um but the cycle of abuse that was like I said was broken in Utena with Anthony leaving and breaking that re- uh, that revolution is now perpetuated in Pun Pun because he's abusing her. And like I said, this memory uh, motif of her just wanting to be remembered. And he has this dream of her and then he says he's forgetting what she looks like. And then boom, she's gone. And you said you originally found the ending of Pun Pun hopeful. Because I, cause I'm usually I'm not a big metaphor person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take a lot of things at face value. Um, so I saw Pun Pun walking away from, um, Harumi, uh, Harumi, right? Harumi, and him going back to Sachi and the friends he made, I'm be like, oh, hey, look at that. And then I read some of the, um, read some of the interview with, uh, Asuno Sensei, and he was talking about how, what Pun Pun wanted, at least in the interview, he says he wanted to be alone to mourn Aiko. And I assume because he was for, but Sachi comes in and she forces him to like try to be normal essentially, because mm-hmm. he's like he's doing this real estate thing. 
he lives an okay life now. It's m- dumb modernity. Uh, you know what I mean. Well, it seems like he's also kind of taken on a parental role to Sachi's daughter. Sachi's kid, yeah. Um, and I there there was an original ending, the pun pun that uh, Asuno Sensei decided not to go for, which was that uh, pun pun was originally going to save uh, uh, Sachi's child from dying. Yes, and then die on the train tracks. And then die said. on the train tracks, and he decided that not to go for that because it was too clean. Because living is worse than dying, specifically to pun pun. Yeah. Because what he wanted originally, I interpreted whenever I was like, oh, you know, pun pun wants to, he wants to die. Yeah. But now I see it like. What he said is, like, Pun Pun wants to mourn Aiko, and because he was dragged back into Sachi's world, he can't mourn Aiko, because Sachi has replaced Aiko. Yeah, Sachi, I think... I, I like Sachi a lot, I think, and that's a sad to I me think that we Sachi's should... I, I would like to dedicate an episode to talking about Sachi, because she's a really interesting character. Character and it, profiles, we're bringing it back, baby! We can bring a character profile for Sachi, because I think she she's one of the most likable characters in the cast. Mm. I think she's... She does have selfish intentions at oh, some point, sure. but I think she's one of the more good-natured characters. Like, the whole pet thing? Yeah. yeah. Like, even just her dealing with Pun Pun, like, I... To me, Sachi's one of the more, more relatable characters in the fact, like, I've been in situations with miserable, bad people and trying to help them. Yeah. Maybe not even for them, maybe for myself. Um, so I really related with her, and did she get slapped on that kin list? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, she, like, I guess, like, you're right, like, her forcing him to, like, keep living is inherent, like, that's what I, I kind of saw, I was like, that's not what Pun Pun wanted, he just kind of wants to live this miserable life, and I think somewhat internally, he's always will be, which I, going back to, I think that he's just kind of an insufferable character by the end, and that's heartbreaking, because I know what he's been through. For sure. But, uh, to me, Pun Pun is, I feel like, is one of those people like, if I were to meet this person in real life who's just so content with being miserable and wants nothing to change it and then snaps and, like, uh, it impacts other people around them because they don't want to get help yeah. and they're just content with being miserable people. Like, I've been friends with those type of types of people and I've had people like that in my lives where they're just so happy being miserable and making other people miserable and it's sad because, like I said, you watch this kid from elementary school. And, you know, it's like, you know, Pun Pun has this childlike wonder that he wants to, like, save the world or he wants to be he an He wants to be a sort of get into, like, astronomy, essentially, and find a planet Pun Pun and then live there with his family and Aiko. And, and it's like this beautiful childlike wonder that slowly just gets crushed. And I think yeah. that is kind of the beauty of having him be like this bird caricature is that it's childish and sweet and I think one of the more impactful panels is and scenes is when him and Aiko are on the beach. Yes, I thought yeah yeah. And he goes back to being from the almost human with the the, hor- the, the bull horns to and to the bird caricature again and they're on the beach and then when he finds the rope and Aiko says Am I going to die here? And the panel turns back to him, and he's back to the the bullhorns yeah, caricature. Yeah, because yeah. I was talking about how sort of Pun Pun's various depictions, like you know the simple blur, uh, bird figure, the pyramid, the more human like with the dark long head with the bullhorns, or like uh, to me they read as like imagery depicting Pun Pun's moods or modes, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, because like we have the pyramid where he's like very drawn into himself. Yeah, that's we I have when he's pretending to be that one dude Taka. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, he has the bird head, but he has the human body. body. We have the bird modes, and even then his bird expression changes a lot. We have yeah. when he's that mask, that decorative mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't think there's any point where he's a Daruma, is there? No. And then, oh my god, the Daruma thing. When Aiko, so, you know, I, uh, Pun Pun's doing the abuse of things. Yeah. And Aiko's like, I want to take out your eye. She doesn't get to complete the job. But he still, like, wears, like, the, the eye patch. But the whole thing with one eye Daruma are that you paint the Daruma doll and you give it an, only one eye. And when you paint in the other eye, that is when you, like, you have, like, I have a goal. I have a wish. And when this comes true, I will paint in the other eye. Mm-hmm. And because at the very end, um, Pun Pun stabs out that one eye, he, that wish, desire is never going to be fulfilled. Achieved. Which, which was being with Aiko or Aiko's uh, desire to have Pun Pun's eyes only on her. Yeah. Because she's dead. Yeah. And I remember seeing TikToks of cosplays of Aiko and the whole carrying on the back scene. I was like, you oh, how that. wholesome. <laughs> and then you get to the manga where she's dead. And she's dead when he does that. And she's dead when he's carrying on her back for God knows how long. Yeah. And also, like, there was, like, the cosplays of, like, of them on the bench yeah. with his head with her head in his lap and she's dead yeah and he's carrying around this dead body talking to her about pretending that she's asleep to those like two kids well no i i'm more talking about when he actually has her on her on her back yeah yeah uh, on his her on his back and he's talking about this life that they would have this horrible mundane life right and it's i like, think no i don't want that yeah well he's like you know i think we would kind of be miserable but we'd be miserable together that's the thing with Aiko I would love to do another character study on Aiko too of I want to like Aiko yeah I do because she's also another character we see get like the the abuses but she's also I see her and Pun Pun as just mutually destructive to each other yeah because she's technically the one who killed her mother they run away together they're she's somewhat abusive to him she's more codependent yeah, multiple times she's like, she wants to go to the police. Yeah, like, you know, they're they're both, like, suffering from, like, stab wounds from yeah. that. You know, she's sick and, you know, she's, like, you know, fighting off this infection. She and- wants to go to her uncle and Kagoshima, who's a doctor. But then, like, they get to that hospital and it's actually in, like, the community center or city center? Yeah, it got abandoned. That whole town was abandoned. Yeah. Um, and that's where she, she kills herself. Like, they go to sleep and he wakes up and she's... Um, yeah, I don't know what a proper way no, to say it. just say just yeah. not even. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't know if I could say it. But you can't. No. But um, uh, yeah, I, I just I like I like I said I want to like Aiko, but I feel like she's just as mutually destructive as Pun Pun. Like though she is more so the object of of his abuse, but there's something like I have to. This is another thing I have to do like a second read through of yeah. this, and I want to get my hands on actual like paper copy of this book so i can appreciate it more because i have a hard time reading like anything just on my phone which i that's where i read it and there's something very just the you know if you if you betray me again i get to kill you thing like there's just something so off-putting about her it's a lot um that i can't put like on a first read through i really can't put my finger on Besides, uh, the only words I can use is mutually destructive. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Like, she... 
she's very I think Pun Pun is codependent on her as well clearly because half of the manga he spends he's trying to find, find her, her so bad like he and his wishes to just to see her and then you know he abuses her but he's also codependent on her but I think she's just you know like I said she's codependent on him and I don't think she's they're, they're not good for each other no do you have any other thoughts man Pun Pun's a lot. It's a lot, and like I said, there's a lot of great visuals. Oh yeah, like, like with like as with Utena for a '90s anime, it's very simplistic, like a cheap '90s anime. Like there's a lot of small details in the background that plays a big part to Utena's story, such as like there's a lot of spiraling and constant like looping, which refers back to that uh-huh, t- that the time, time loop. loop. The time loop thing, but there's also a lot of things in Pun Pun, like the Daruma doll, which I, like, I didn't know until after I read Pun Pun, because I didn't know the cultural significance of Daruma dolls, um, or what they were, um, but, like I said, I, the, the pyramid, Pun Pun pyramid, yeah, Pun Pun pyramid, is, I read is actually kind of like a multifaceted thing, because a pyramid is like the strongest shape. And it has to do with self-isolation, and there's also different shadings on each side of the pyramid, which represent different, care- like, aspects. Like, really great, like, visual oh, metaphors. Yeah. I'm gonna reread it again. I really want that box set. I might beg my mother and cry and throw up. For, oh, uh, don't do it. throw up on her shoes no, and don't ask do me for, it. for this box set no. of uh, this manga that I really want to reread. Uh, she's gonna do it. I am. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Midge? Man, I want to reread it too. It was good. You read that in like three days. I I read manga very quick. I I say that when I'm still stuck in Haikyuu and Cultural Lives Alone, but shorter manga I read very quickly. <sighs> it took me a couple months just because I was busy or I would forget. Yeah, I was reading read Haikyuu when I was working for that. I, I, I'm, re- I'm reading Chainsaw Man now. <sighs> I got to the part with Reese. Reezy, Reezy, Reezy. Oh, Reezy. wonderful! You're past the, you're past. I, I'm, I'm past where season one ended, um, but yeah. So I'm you're re- getting there, baby. I'm reading Chainsaw Man, and also get back to you on that. And I'm reading other books and homework. Um, yeah. Uh, Utena confusing pun pun sad. Yeah, that's it. That's the final thought. That's it. Um, so thank you for joining us on the fandom fair. I'm not gonna do the the numbers yet. No. But if you wanna, if you miss this episode. Or you want to listen to more of our annoying rants, um, you can listen to us on Spotify or Google Podcasts at Fandom Fair. That is F A N D O M F A R E. That's it. The socials. So we're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Our Twitter and our TikTok are F A N D O M F A R E, just like our Spotify and Google Podcasts. And our Instagram is F A N D O M underscore <laughs> F A R E, because Instagram is rude to me. It, I don't know. I just can't get it. No one has it. I can't get it. It's I don't fine. Know. Yeah. And I've been really bad about telling when episodes are up. But obviously, if you're looking at Spotify right now or Google Podcasts, you can see that we have a lot of episodes up. At this point. 50, hold on, I'll look on the Spotify right now. I'm actually I'm scared. really bad about being like, hey, this episode is out. I'm really bad at that. Um, yeah. So the last episode that came out was my, uh, my, um, my grievance, our, our grievances about Bad Batch so far. Okay, yeah. Which is like episodes one through five. Yeah, that was uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, so that's all. Say, say, probably want to say the line. So you've been with us on 90.3 WMC of Montclair. Montclair. Um, fair. fair. So brush your teeth. Clean your sheets. Take a shower. 
Uh, you're a little smelly. Oh, we did that backwards. Oh, Sorry. No. It's uh, alright. Drink it's some water. water. Um, eat some food. Touch some grass. Have a nice day. Uh, have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. Eat some food. Touch some grass. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye.